You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, one of the warriors who fell was Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada. When the battle intensified, the Muslims got cornered from all sides. Hind, the wife of Abu Sufyan, this evil corrupt woman, she had a slave by the name of Wahshi. She told him, Wahshi, if you kill one of these three, Muhammad or Ali or Hamza, I'll give you a big prize and I'll free you. Big prize, I'll free you, I'll set you free. So if you want your freedom, kill one of them. Wahshi later says, Wahshi says, I figured Muhammad, I can't get to him because there is a small group, they're willing to die. They're so strong, I figured I just can't get to Muhammad. As for Ali, he's too cautious. Every second he looks to the right, to the back, to the left, he looks to his back. I can't, I cannot find a window where I can strike him because Wahshi was a skilled archer and someone who would use the javelin and the spear. So he needs to catch you by surprise. It's like Ali, he's too aware, I can't. But Hamza, even though he's a warrior and I would see whomever he would meet in combat, he would destroy them like a mountain. But when Hamza gets that fervor and he gets that anger in the battlefield, he doesn't look to his back. So I realized he has a weak spot. So I waited for the right moment when Hamza was fighting and then I took my javelin, my spear and I shot it at Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada. It landed on the side of Hamza, on his khasra, basically his stomach. On the side of his stomach that spear landed. He fell to the ground, Hamza Sayyid al-Shuhada. At that point Hind came. According to one historical <coughs> account, Hawashi says, with my dagger, I opened his stomach and I took out his liver and I gave it to Hind. I told her, Hind, do you know what this is? She said, what is this? I told her, this is the liver of Hamza. She took the liver of Hamza and she started chewing it. She wanted to eat it. Al-Imam al-Sadiq says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put put something, a taste in the liver of Hamza so she could not eat it. And so she basically, you know, threw it out. Al-Imam al-Sadiq says Allah did not want any part of Hamza to go to hellfire because Hind is going to hell. If, he, if she chews a part of Hamza's body and devours it, Allah is going to burn her in hell and a part of Hamza will be in her. Allah did not want that to happen. So basically she tried eating his liver but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stopped her from doing that. When the Prophet saw what happened to Hamza, he said, Allahumma lakal hamdu wa ilaykal mushtaka. Oh Allah, we don't object to you. Alhamdulillah, we praise you, Ya Allah. Bas ilaykal mushtaka. But we, we have no one to complain to but you, Ya Allah. Help us. Wa antal musta'anu ala ma ara. Oh Allah, help us in these difficult moments. According to one hadith, the Prophet said when he saw Hamza being mutilated, he said, if I achieve victory, 
I'm going to mutilate them just like they mutilate, mutilated the body of Hamza. So Allah revealed a verse in the Quran, وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا عُوْقِبْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَإِنْ صَبَرْتُمْ لَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لِلصَّابِرِينَ The Quran says if people transgress, don't do more than what they did. Because the Prophet said like, you know, maybe a hundred of their evil men were going to mutilate them. The Quran said no, if someone does something, you either serve retribution or forgive. When this verse was revealed, the Prophet said, no, I will forgive, meaning I won't mutilate their bodies like they did so. By the way, Abu Sufyan, he came to the body of Hamza and he put a spear in his body and he kept, you know, mutilating him. A man over there from the Mushrikeen, his name is Al-Hulays ibn Alqama and he was the leader of the Abyssinian slaves. He told them, Abu Sufyan, you claim you're the leader of Quraysh and this is how low you are. I know Hamza is your enemy but for you to go to his dead body and mutilate, mutilate his dead body, how shameful for the leader of Quraysh to do something like that. See they had no morality, wallah. Imam Ali السلام, you saw what he did with Talha. Talha told him spare me Ali, Imam Ali left but this guy is mutilating the body of Hamza. It seems Abu Sufyan felt ashamed, so he told Al-Hulays ibn Al-Qama, okay, don't expose me, don't go telling people what I did here, in, you know, at the battle of Uhud. Now, at this point, something extremely significant and sensitive happens. One of the warriors of Quraysh, his name was Qami'a or Qami'a Al-Layfi. Qami'a or Qami'a Al-Layfi. He came to attack Mus'ab ibn Umair. Mus'ab ibn Umair was one of the warriors defending the Prophet. And he was carrying also a flag representing the Muslims. They fought. When Al-Layfi killed Mus'ab ibn Umair, basically Mus'ab ibn Umair had concealed his face. He had covered his face. So when Layfi killed him, he thought he killed who? The Prophet Because his face, was, his face was covered, he thought, you know what? I managed to kill Muhammad. Now he had killed Mus'ab, not the Prophet, but he thought it was the Prophet. So when he killed Mus'ab, he came back to the pagans and he announced, oh pagans, we have achieved the grand victory. I have killed Muhammad. Al-Imam al-Sadiq comments, he says, Satan, Shaytan came to the battlefield and he also made a call that reverberated in the entire battlefield. Everyone heard it, Muhammad has been killed. At that point, the enemy rejoiced. They started clapping, cheering, Muhammad has been killed, Muhammad has been killed. Now this went a long way in uplifting them and giving them a sense of victory but the damage that it did afflicted who? The Muslims. When they heard Muhammad has been killed, they froze. Many of them were already fleeing but those who stayed, they froze. Muhammad has been killed, that's it, it's over. 
So some of the companions of the Prophet, they just started fleeing the battlefield. Some of them said, let's have someone talk to Abu Sufyan, we'll negotiate with him and see if he can give us amnesty. In other words, we'll do whatever he wants. We'll change our religion, we'll follow his path, we'll do whatever he wants. Yes, some companions of the Prophet unfortunately went to these measures. We have many, many historical accounts of that. I would like to share with you one that Ibn Hisham mentions in his seerah. Anas ibn Nuzair, he's the uncle of Anas ibn Malik. You've heard about Anas ibn Malik, the famous companion of the Prophet. He had an uncle by the name of Anas ibn Nadr. Or Ana, yes, Anas ibn Nadr. Anas ibn Nadr was a very good companion of the Prophet and he was a believing companion. He says, Anas ibn Nadr, he says when the army of Islam came under pressure and the news of the death of the Prophet spread in the battlefield, he says most of the Muslims basically were thinking of their own lives and how to save their own lives. He says, I saw a group of Muhajireen and Ansar, including Umar ibn al-Khattab and Talha ibn Ubaidullah al-Taymi. Who's narrating this? Ibn Hisham. In his seerah, the uncle of Anas ibn Malik, he is saying that I saw a group of companions, among them was who? Umar ibn al-Khattab. They were basically sitting in a corner and they were extremely frightened and anxious. They were anxious for themselves. I said to them with a tone of protest, why are you sitting here? What are you doing? They replied, the Prophet has been killed, therefore there is no use to fighting. So I said to them, if the Prophet has been killed, it is no use to living. Why do you want to live after the Prophet? Go and fight and defend this faith. Faith. Get up and meet martyrdom in the same path in which he has been killed. Don't you say the Prophet has been killed and he's become a martyr? Well, you go face martyrdom too. Then he told them, if Muhammad has been killed, his Lord is alive. You don't believe it Allah? And then he added, he said, I saw that my words had no effect on them. Basically, they didn't care about what he was saying. So I put my hand into my arms and I began to fight with determination. Ibn Hisham says that Anas ibn al-Nadr, he sustained 70 wounds and he did become a shaheed. And basically, he sustained so many wounds, only his sister later could identify his body. They couldn't identify his body because that's how much he was struck. So it's really sad, you know, what happened, how some companions let the Prophet down. But you did have warriors like Anas ibn al-Nadr. And when he went for the last time to kill the mushrikeen, you know what he said? Allahumma inni a'tadhru ilayka mimma sana'aha ula. He says, oh Allah, I am ashamed for what some of the companions did. You know, they thought the Prophet is killed, they stopped, but I will defend this, you know, this faith. And I distance myself from the hypocrisy of some of these companions.